Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Do you know a student getting ready to go to college? Or are you looking at going back to school yourself? The Woodward Hines Education Foundation and the Get to College program help more Mississippians get to and through college to get certificates and degrees that lead to meaningful employment. They offer free college planning advice, including hands-on FAFSA completion assistance through in-person or virtual appointments. Visit gettocollege.org to learn more. Hi, this is Karen Brown. Thanks for checking out the Mississippi Edition podcast. If you like what you hear, click subscribe, hit like, or leave us a comment if your app has that feature. Then find other MPB podcasts by searching MPB Think Radio on your favorite podcasting platform. Thanks. Good morning. It's 8.30 on Monday, November 4th. I'm Karen Brown, and this is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. On today's show, President Donald Trump visits North Mississippi to go on the offensive against impeachment proceedings and stump for Republican candidate for governor, Tate Reeves. Then, hear from the two candidates for Secretary of State, Democrat Johnny Dupree and Republican Michael Watson. That's all coming up. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. Donald Trump makes a campaign stop in Mississippi to shore up support for the Republican candidate for governor with a rally in Tupelo, as MPB's Desiree Frazier reports. Hello, Tupelo. This is great to be with you tonight, the great state of Mississippi. Despite running a half an hour behind schedule, the atmosphere is charged with excitement as people waited to hear from President Donald Trump. He's rallying support for Republican Lieutenant Governor Tate Reeves at the Bancor South Arena in Tupelo. Reeves is locked in a tight race for governor with his Democratic opponent, Attorney General Jim Hood. Four days from now, this state will head to the polls and vote to continue our extraordinary progress with your next governor, Republican Tate Reeves. Great guy. Trump went on to tell the capacity crowd of 10,000, Republicans are responsible for the country's booming economy and low unemployment. The president discussed the recent U.S. Special Forces operation that killed ISIS terrorist Abu Bakr al-Baghdadi. He was the founder and the leader of ISIS, and he's dead And Baghdadi, he was a savage and soulless monster, but his reign of terror is over. American special operators executed a masterful raid that ended his wretched life and punched out his ticket to hell, I guess you could say. 
Trump spent the bulk of his speech talking about the Democrats and the House's vote to formalize the impeachment inquiry. Many Democrats believe the president withheld military aid to Ukraine as leverage to force the country's leader to investigate his political rival, Democratic Vice President Joe Biden, and his son Hunter. And now corrupt politicians Nancy Pelosi and shifty Adam Schiff, shifty, and the media are continuing with the deranged impeachment witch hunt. This is one I never thought I'd be involved in. The word impeachment, to me, it's a dirty word, not a good word. Totally phony deal. They know it. Everybody knows it. The president accused the Democrats of undermining democracy by trying to nullify the votes of the 63 million or more people he says elected him president. He also talked about beating the Republican and Democratic establishment. Trump insisted he's not concerned about Vice President Joe Biden, who he referred to as Sleepy Joe, defeating him in an election. Trump then returned to talking about the governor's race. Tate is a true leader in the fight to protect the unborn. The other side is not. Tate Reeves will support our police, oppose sanctuary. Oh, we love our police, right? I love our police. We love our police. He'll oppose sanctuary cities, which is just terrible, terrible, terrible. And Tate will always defend your Second Amendment. Trump says he doesn't know why Reeves is in a close race with Democratic Attorney General Jim Hood because Hood supports liberals. Reeves took to the podium. Jim Hood does not stand with our president. He stands with the radical liberals. When the radical liberals tried to stop the president on border security, Jim Hood stood with the liberals. When the choice was Donald J. Trump or crooked Hillary, Jim Hood stood with Hillary Clinton. Hood talked about Trump coming to Mississippi ahead of the scheduled rally. I would welcome the president up there. And uh, I'm going to keep you know, conveying my message of what I'm going to do and change. And they can throw all the li- li- labels around they want to. They just don't stick. I mean, they have, they've tried it for 16 years. And uh, people in Mississippi have, have, have voted for me, and they've seen my record. And I think people will make a decision based on my past. Voters will decide between the two candidates tomorrow. Desiree Frazier, MPB News. Coming up, here from the two candidates for Secretary of State, Democrat Johnny Dupree and Republican Michael Watson. That's after Bite Size Tech. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. This is MPB Think Radio. Mississippi is our mission. Fitbit has been sold for north of $2 billion. NBC Universal is considering making its Peacock streaming service completely free and good news for Apple with both Apple Pay and Apple TV+. I'm Jay White, and here is this week's Bite Size Tech. 
Beginning last Friday, Apple's long-awaited video streaming service, Apple TV Plus, was made available to the public. As of launch, the new platform is playing catch-up with Netflix, Hulu, and Disney Plus, offering a fairly limited library of content, opting for quality over quantity. The new service costs $4.99 a month and somewhat surprisingly is not limited to use on only Apple products. It will work on Samsung and Sony Smart TVs, Amazon's Fire TV streaming box, and most importantly, on any supporting browser at tv.apple.com. Among series at launch built around stars like Oprah and Snoopy, the most talked about original series is entitled The Morning Show. It's billed as a drama that sees the behind-the-scenes interworkings of a network morning news program with quite the marquee touting Reese Witherspoon, Jennifer Aniston, and Steve Carell. Apple is also touting that Apple Pay is growing at a rate that is four times faster than industry leader PayPal, And while growing at a faster rate, Apple Pay still has a long way to go to catch up with PayPal. Currently, Apple Pay is available in 49 markets globally. CNBC is reporting that Comcast and NBC Universal are considering offering their upcoming streaming service, Peacock, for free to a certain extent. The original plans were to provide the free but ad-supported service to Comcast customers, while non-Comcast customers could subscribe for a fee somewhere around what seems to be the going rate of $5 a month. The plans now are to grant anyone access to the ad-supported portion of the service for free with the option of subscribing away those ads. Peacock is set to launch next spring with new original content, including a Punky Brewster reboot. It is also assumed to be the exclusive archival landing spot for current NBC hit series like This Is Us and will be the new platform for former NBC hit series like The Office, which will jump over from Netflix when its current rights deal expires in 2021. Finally, Fitbit has been acquired by Google for the stiff price tag of $2.1 billion. The purchase of Fitbit adds to Google's $40 million acquisition of Fossil's smartwatch properties and technology. Fitbit was a pioneer in the smartwatch marketplace. However, it has more recently lagged behind the Apple Watch in sales and in general user reviews. Google has yet to enter the smartwatch market, surprisingly. They were gearing up for a release of the Pixel Watch in conjunction with the release of the original Pixel smartphone in 2016, but those plans were nixed at the last moment. It is expected that the purchase of Fitbit will eventually be Google's birthing of that Pixel Watch, which could be good news for Android fans who will have another banner brand to choose from along with the Samsung Galaxy Watch. For more tech news, fixes, insight, and more, listen to MPB's Everyday Tech. The show is on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and the MPB Public Media app, free in the iTunes and Google Play stores. And the show airs live Wednesdays at 10 a.m. right here on MPB Think Radio. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. I'm Karen Brown. Tomorrow is Election Day in Mississippi. Voters will go to the polls to choose who will represent them in every statewide office, several state commissions, and every seat in the Mississippi legislature. Secretary of State is one of the many offices that is guaranteed to have a new leader. The two candidates running are Republican Michael Watson, a state senator from the Gulf Coast, and Democrat Johnny Dupree, the former mayor of Hattiesburg. We start with Michael Watson, who says one of the items he wants to tackle is driver's licenses, 
something that isn't even under the authority of the Secretary of State's office. It's not quite under there yet. Uh, we are. Uh, that's been one of our big plans. Uh, you know, I, I think it's important that people, when they run for office, they have ideas and have plans for Mississippi. Uh, so what we've said is, look, there's an issue that we've heard all during my 12-year career. Uh, most uh, the last probably four to five years, we're hearing more about it. Uh, people having issues with driver's license services, uh, having to wait and having to miss work and having to check their children out of school and miss a couple of days of class or, or whatever, uh, what have you. And so we've said, look, well, how do we tackle that? What, what is it that we can do to make that better? So we've said, well, let's, let's, let's step back and take a look at it overall. So, you know, what's the purpose of driver services? Well, it's, it's an administrative piece. It's a clerical piece, something that we can handle in our office. And if you look at uh, what is the Department of Public Safety, what's their core function? It's to protect the public. So as we see, there are 30 to 40 troopers that are in driver services that we could automatically put them back on the roads to protect Mississippians. Makes great sense. So we, we tackled two birds there. Or, or you want the entire department to fall under the Secretary of State's office? Well, just the DMV, the Department of Motor Vehicles. So we'll, we'll move that portion. Which the, is currently DPS. under the Department of Public Safety. Correct. Uh, the rest of the uh, DPS would stay under its own umbrella. And how would you accomplish that? I mean, yeah, we've all waited in line for a really long sure. time. Sure. I can speak to that. But what what's the answer there? It's, it's a great question. And what we've put together is called a SIP plan, and it's on our website, michaelwatson.ms. Uh, and so we've kind of taken a, a really a broad approach to what are the issues that we see there uh, that we can fix. And so we've put a, a, a group of business leaders together, a group of retired uh, law enforcement individuals, a group of uh, computer uh, folks where we can, hey, look, let's take these issues apart one by one. And, uh, and, and how do we tackle that legislatively? So we met. Uh, a couple of times now and, and volleyed back and forth with emails and saying, all right, here are the things that we see. Let's take them apart. Legislatively, what do we need to correct? Uh, administratively, what can we do just in the office itself? But again, it starts with making sure we have the legislation ready so the legislature can pass that responsibility from DPS to us uh, in the session, hopefully this coming year. Of the responsibilities currently under the purview of the Secretary of State's office, which one would you focus on that you think needs improvement? You know, I think um, Secretary Hoseman has been, if not the, one of the most consequential Secretary of States we've ever had. He's done a great job. And so one of the things that we've said when people ask, well, what are your plans? Number one is let's keep it between the ditches. Uh, It is doing a great job right now, the office itself. Uh, If you look at business services, uh, if you look at public lands, if you look at elections, there are pieces that we want to make better and continue to work uh, and build on the foundation that he set there now. Uh, One example is uh, you talk about our business laws. Uh, It's it's very easy to set up a business in Mississippi now. uh, And we've looked at, okay, how did we get there? And so what Secretary Husband did was set up a bunch of task forces on separate issues, uh, be it business law or be it trust, be it you know, what have you. And so we've said, look, we want to continue that. Let's not just keep what we have now. We think it's great, but how do we make it even better? Uh, so we want to look at different task forces to continue to build on, again, the successes that they've had uh, while he's been in office. And, of course, Secretary of State oversees elections. How would you reach out to voters who feel marginalized or aren't motivated to go to the polls? Well, you know, I think that starts with a program they have now, Promote the Vote, uh, being in our schools and being in classes, uh, making sure that our young people understand the importance. Uh, Look, people went out and and fought for your right to do this. Uh, People shed blood. They died. Uh, This is an important thing. And uh, government is important. Uh, Look, I'm a conservative. I won't limit the government. But what government we do need, we need to have good government. So making sure people are uh, educated and understand, hey, look, these are the different candidates you need to understand, uh, which one stands for which, uh, what are the values 
that you agree with or don't agree with and, and pick that candidate and get involved and go vote. Uh, so it's important to start at that level first. Uh, and then it's getting into the communities. Uh, it, it's going and seeing people, talking to people, uh, educating Mississippi as a whole, our voters, and saying, listen, uh, it's not just you go vote. It's also holding us accountable once you get those folks elected into office. Pay attention. You know, watch the news. Check on them. Uh, when you see them in Walmart and they messed up, hey, kick them in the shin. Not really. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, ask them those hard questions. And I think that's important to make sure that people understand we've got to continue to be engaged. It's not just elections. It's holding us accountable after those elections. Your opponent cites his real estate experience as an advantage in the land management portion of the job. What do you bring to the table in that regard? Yeah, so a lot of that's uh, 16th section land. You got you know you got leases. You've got uh, tidelands. Uh, growing up on the coast, I've seen tidelands uh, all my life. I understand the impact. We want to make sure that we uh, preserve our tidelands and, and keep them. Uh, you know, public access is a big piece of that. But also that fine line of economic development along the coast. So it's important that someone who has has seen it, who's lived it, who, who's grown up around it. I think that's a big piece. Uh, you know, doing real estate closings uh, from time to time, and so seeing that contract side, the lease side. Uh, dealing with that with my clients. Uh, so I've had experiences that as well. So it's, uh, again, talk about all of life's experiences uh, and growing up on the coast and seeing the talents firsthand, being an attorney and dealing with contracts and leases firsthand. Uh, those, those are experiences that uh, just continue to add up to make you even better at jobs as you go forward. Final thoughts. Why should our voters cast a ballot for you, Michael Botson. Yeah, look, again, I think it's important that you have someone at Secretary of State who understands the duties of the office, who understand the laws surrounding the office. Uh, being in the legislature for 12 years and working with Secretary Hosman on the different issues they've had, uh, I've seen what happens in the office. I understand the laws. I understand the duties and the responsibilities. Uh, but also having plans. You know, and We talked about moving the DMV uh, from the Department of Public Safety over to the Secretary of State's office. And people have said, Michael, that's hot right now. That's a hot issue. And I said, well, look, it's important. I get that. And I said, well, if you don't get it right, you don't win again in four years if you're fortunate enough to win this time. And I, I say, I appreciate that. But you shouldn't run for office so you don't want to tackle hard things. And so I understand, look, we've got an issue that Mississippians need help with. Let's get in there and try to fix it. Let's give it our best shot. And so I think people should understand, look, I want to serve Mississippians. I think that's what's important about this. Uh, my wife and my three little girls, we love Mississippi, and we want to make it even better. State Senator Michael Watson is the Republican candidate for Secretary of State. Thanks so much for coming in. You're very welcome. The Democrat running for Secretary of State is former Hattiesburg Mayor Johnny Dupree. He was the Democratic nominee for governor eight years ago. He talks about what made him get into the race. I actually have been retired for the last two years, and uh, my Ph.D. is in in urban education, basically. Uh, And so I started teaching a class at the University of Southern Mississippi. I taught a policy class. Why do we do things? Why do we vote on Tuesday? Why do we do this? Why do we do that? And a, a group of just intelligent young people and I talked talk to them about civic engagement. Uh, they were kind of glassy-eyed. And so I said, okay, well, let's, let's do a little teaching. Uh, so I required them to go and find out where the Board of Supervisors' office and their meetings, required them to go to a meeting with uh, Board of Supervisors, school board, uh, city uh, council, meet all these people, find out the dynamics, uh, who does what, how, what, what's the diversity on there, do they allow people to speak, those kinds of things. Uh, they did that uh, reluctantly, but after they came back, they really enjoyed it. And I said, okay, I, I'm going to give you a softball. Tell me who the mayor uh, is today. And they had no idea. I said, okay, well, tell me who's the past mayor. They had no idea. And I'm standing there in front of them teaching them. <laughs> so, uh, and then, then we had two elections. And this really brought it home. We had two elections. One, 9% of the people came out to vote. And the next one, less than 20% came out. And I, and I started looking at numbers and researching it. It's like a downward spiral 
there's less and less of us going out to exercise that right to vote. And when they came over, when the founding fathers came over here and they, they were asked the question, is this going to be a republic or a monarchy? In unison, they said it's going to be a republic. A, a democratic republic is supported by the vote. If you don't vote, then you have this small group of people, blue bloods over in England. They may call them something else over here. But this small group of people determining the lives of 100% of the people, that's not right. As Secretary of State, how would you change those numbers? Well, I think there's some things that we can do. Uh, there's one, two or three things that I would like to do. Increase access, increase participation, and, and increase voter confidence. I think that's one of the reasons people don't vote. I mean, let's take, for instance, 80%, almost 75 80% of the United States have gone back to paper ballots. Because what does that do? Paper ballots allow you to have an audit, a post-audit, where if you don't know or you don't, you have query feelings about who actually won and who actually voted for it, well, you can go back and audit that to find out. That gives, it increases confidence in the process alone. Uh, and, you know, Madison County's gone back to it. Panola County's gone back to it. I mean, so we've had several, 16 counties in, in, in Mississippi have gone back to it, and almost 80% of the United States have gone back to some type of paper ballots. I think that uh, you know, I had a, a young lady from Mississippi State, I spoke to them earlier this week, who wrote me, she's a student there, she said, Mr. Dupree, I, I registered 349 uh, young people, I think, students. I could have registered more if we could do online voting. Isn't that a, isn't that a novel, uh, online registration, I'm sorry, mm-hmm. isn't that a novel idea? Wouldn't that increase participation, increase access? Do you think there's an apathy towards voting in Mississippi? Oh, yes. Yeah, because they don't, first of all, as I'm talking with people, they don't think it, that their vote really matters. It doesn't really count because all the things that they're interested in, health care, education, infrastructure, when you go down the list, it stays the same. You know, we keep moving to say we're gonna, we want to pay teachers at the southeastern average. We get close to it, and then the southeastern average moves, and then we're further away than we were to start out with. We elect people that say we're going to have gaming, and the gaming money is going to go to uh, schools, and it doesn't. We have people across the, the United States who accept Medicaid money. We didn't accept it. Uh, you got new mayor, new governor in uh, in Louisiana who took it and got billions of dollars. We're in the process now of maybe having hospitals in dire straits, maybe even uh, at the brink of closing because of those things. We cannot continue to do the same thing. The history has shown us, years have shown us, we keep doing the same thing, and we and we never move. We were 43rd in voting. That's our report. Just last night. Now we don't, we last again. We're last in voting now. We should be number one in the voting. The last in the percentage of voters? Yes. We sh- of, of registered voters, we are last. We were 43rd when I started this process. We dipped even further. We, we, that should tell us something. Those states that have, and this is not a bad word, been progressive in allowing and putting forth policies that, uh, that uh, actually uh, recruit people to vote. And when I say recruit, I mean policies that actually say, let's come and vote. We, you're open. Let's, let's have policies that are, I think we have too many elections. God knows. Gosh, every time you turn around, there's an election. That's what people tell me on the street. There's too many elections. Got one, got a, a, a statewide election this year, a presidential election next year. There's only three gubernatorial uh, elections in the United States this year, Mississippi, Louisiana, and Louis, Mississippi, Louisiana, and Kentucky. So why don't we just have the statewide elections next year when the presidential election is here? What, what does that do? Well, in Forest County, Mississippi, it saves half a million dollars. That can be done. It can be given to the schools, be given to roads and bridges, it can be sidewalks, whatever you want to do. Final thoughts for our listeners, why they should vote for you. The Secretary of State is, is responsible for 16 section lands. You're talking about increasing revenue for schools. That's what 16 section uh, 
properties do. Uh, you can never own it, but it's leased to people, and those that revenue goes back to the school. If you go across uh, Mississippi, you'll see, if you know where the 16th section properties are, you'll see a lot of vacant properties, a lot of vacant lands not being used. We ought to be putting that to experts who know how to do it. Those are realtors. I'm a real estate broker by trade. I was a, I was a, a real estate broker from 1988 active to now. My, my license is still active. Also, tax-forfeited properties. Those tax-forfeited properties increase revenue for the county and the city and libraries and uh, p- public safety, all those things. But they're sitting over in the Secretary of State. Now, they've done a good job in doing that, but I'm the only one in this race that actually has worked with the Secretary of State to actually auction off those properties and put that income back. Lastly, when you look at my 16 years of executive service, managing 800 employees at one time, $200 million budget, and you look at Hattiesburg, I don't think we've done too bad. So I'm the only one who has that executive experience working with people, economic developer. Uh, when the last two years uh, I was mayor, we created more jobs in Hattiesburg than any other city in the state. Johnny Dupree is the Democratic candidate for the office of Secretary of State. Thank you for coming in today. Well, thanks for the invitation. I really appreciate it. Let me, one more thing. Please go out and vote November the 5th, whoever you vote for. I hope you vote for me. But if you don't vote, I mean, I'm, I'm good with that. What I really want you to do, though, is go vote for somebody. The polls are open at 7 a.m. tomorrow and will remain open until 7 p.m. Anyone in line before the polls close is entitled to cast a ballot. And when it's all over, tune into MPB Think Radio for Election Night Live. We'll have live returns starting at 7 and our live studio show starting at 9. That's all tomorrow night right here on MPB Think Radio. Thanks for listening to the Mississippi Edition podcast from MPB News and MPB Think Radio. Don't forget to subscribe if you haven't already. And if your app lets you, leave a comment or review. We really do appreciate it. Remember, you can always get in touch with MPB News on Facebook and Twitter. And fresh episodes of the podcast are posted every weekday morning. I'm Karen Brown. Thanks for listening. This is Mississippi Edition from MPB Think Radio.